Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Here we are, sharing great stories about running and faith. With me, as usual, is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. New studio. <laughs> yeah. How New about studio this? day. This is pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think we're going to enjoy this. Hopefully, it brings, um, I don't know if it makes us look better. Uh, probably not. Well, yeah. But maybe it makes us sound better. The acoustics in here <laughs> seem to be a little bit better. Hey, before we uh, <clears throat> dive off into the other stuff, I want to I give you a trivia question. Okay. You know, you give everybody a trivia question each week, but I want to give you a trivia question. Do you think that walking or running is harder on a pair of shoes? That's a good question. I think it's running, though. The reason I say that is because I know how quickly I wear out a pair of running shoes versus a pair of shoes that I walk in every day. Uh Uh, You know, in in my former life, I didn't wear running shoes every day. Yeah. And so a pair of shoes that I walked around in, like at work and stuff, they would last me for a couple of years. Mm. Running a pair of running shoes only lasts me a few months. Well, so that's my gut feeling. Yeah, and that would have been my gut feeling until recently. You know, did I tell you? Was it week before last? I got a pretty gnarly blister on my foot. Yeah. I was kind of hobbling around a little bit. Well, I thought maybe I need to pull out my shoes and see are they wore out. So. This insole right here, and if you're looking, if you're watching online, this is an insole from my last pair of running shoes. Yeah. I had about 400 miles on these shoes, and I haven't worn these in a while, so you can touch them and feel them. Yeah. You can kind of feel how kind of rigid it is. Yeah. I mean, it still feels okay. I'm sure the soles on the shoes might be wore out a little bit. Yeah. About 300, pa- 300 miles on my latest pair of walking shoes feel a difference side by side oh what a difference i can feel it without feeling them side by side feel the hole right there that's exactly where the blister was huh yeah they're twice as worn out oh yeah they're way more worn out and the same you can just feel how flimsy they are yeah and and look you can't even see the logo yeah well you spend a lot more time on your feet on your feet Yeah. yeah so i'm thinking 300 miles and roughly 350 350 miles the walking, at least the insole. Now, what it's done to the cushioning of the shoe, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not that smart to, to know what it does to the cushioning. But as far as the insoles, it seems like it wears out twice as fast. Well, I have a confession to make. What's that? I never, ever throw out a pair of shoes until I've worn a tread out on it. Sure. Well, I so, put mine to my yard shoes and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my... I know the tread lasts longer <clears throat> walking, mm-hmm. but you're right. The cushioning, the insoles, that that may not last as long. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I thought uh, that was that's a... That's a good trivia question. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, it's getting to be fall weather, finally. Yeah. You know, Debbie's not a big fan of the cold weather, so it was, it was cold for like one day. She's like, okay, I'm She's ready for She's not summer. a fan of the cold weather? No. I'm glad it's here. <laughs> yeah. She got, she had one cold day, and she's like, okay, I'm ready for summer now. Really? <laughs> yeah, it can't get here fast enough. I'm, re- I'm ready for the Christmas decorations and the, everything that goes along with this time of year. Well, I'm having a hard time at the beginning of runs. You know, the, the first part of your runs when it first gets cold outside are tough. Yeah, lungs hurt a little bit. Well, yeah. not just that. It's just It's just the... You know, you're cold for that first 15 minutes. Yeah. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it, it's all good, though. It is all good. All right. Well, let's go to our sponsor for this week. And, um, again, if you're out there and you would like to sponsor Run for God and allow us to support uh, your business, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. Uh, but this week's sponsor is a new one. It's Secure Mac. Um, SecureMac.com are the makers of the popular security software MacScan 3. Uh, this software protects your computer from threats targeting Macs, which are malware, keystroke loggers, and stalkerware. You know, this is 
a pretty big problem nowadays. Um, people are storing more and more of their information on their Macs, which provides an ever-growing target for hackers. Secure Mac has been educating users about security and privacy for over 20 years. They have um, a podcast to inform, inform users on how to protect themselves online and explain it in a way that everyone can understand, which is important. Try a free scan today, and when you purchase, use the code RUNNER for a special discount. Protect your Mac before the hackers steal your security and go to securemac.com. You know, this is one we just don't think about a lot. Yeah. We don't think about it until we realize, oh, I wish I'd have had that. Yep. Um, until something happens. And, and today, nowadays, it's more and more common. I haven't had a problem with it, but, you know, you hear these guys say it's not if, it's when. That's right. And um, so, yeah, go check out securemac.com. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be you didn't have to worry. If you had a Mac, you didn't have to worry about it because nobody right. targeted Macs. But right. they're becoming, they've, they've, they're more popular. Sure. And so that's a, that's pro- it's a problem being more popular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get targeted more. All right. We have a Facebook post from this past week, and it comes from Run for God coach extraordinaire, <laughs> Ben Reed. Uh He says this, does anyone else try to catch falling leaves while they run? Sometimes not as easy as it should seem. A couple of weeks ago, I hadn't caught one yet this fall, but had made it my mission on a particular run to do so. I tried and tried, coming close, but still coming up empty. With less than a mile left of my run, I decided I wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be, and turned my thoughts to other things. Shortly after, a leaf fell right into the palm of my hand while I was running. I caught it with a squeeze only because I felt it. I couldn't help but smile. For me, it was affirmation for something I'd been praying about, as strange as that sounds. Also, a needed reminder that God's timing and plans are perfect, not mine. He is in control, not me. Today, I was running and looking up at the tree canopy, spotted a leaf beginning its fall up ahead. I caught it in my left hand without missing a stride, my second leaf of the season. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty cool i've never heard of doing that i haven't either but it's a, it's an interesting idea but the, the way he tells the story too is pretty cool isn't it yeah it sure is uh, when god does stuff like this where you know we're trying to do something and we can't do it and then all of a sudden it just kind of falls into place yeah how many times have we seen that yeah there's a there's a parallel there for sure yeah and i know exactly what he means about the affirm the prayer affirmation there's sometimes you're just praying about something and you don't have it doesn't have to be a direct answer, but it's something that happens that you just know that was God's little wink mm-hmm. saying it, it's this, you're good. You're good here with this thing, whatever it is. So anyway, yeah, God has a sense of humor. Um, I was just telling somebody the other day that uh, I, <laughs> uh, how adamant I used to be about my diet and how I was sure that diet didn't make any difference and you're running. And uh, God... Uh, <laughs> My things have changed. Yeah, God proved me wrong using my own body. I mean, that's the way God is, right? Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. <laughs> Trivia question uh, from last week. Who was the first person to officially break the 10-second barrier in track and field, and when did he do it? Um, this was done in 1968 Olympics in, in Mexico City by a guy named Jim Hines, which a lot of people haven't heard about, which mm-hmm. is interesting because he, he held the – 100 meter world record longer than anybody and really? yet nobody's heard of him isn't that crazy as big as the 100 meters is think about the 100 meters the 100 meters is the biggest race in the world right everybody current day knows who usain bolt is mm-hmm. i'm assuming that back in that time everybody knew who jim hines was as well yeah uh, because he was he, he was that big so anyway it, it he's he has held the record the longest for anybody, especially since since electronic electronic timing has been in place, and um, of course Usain Bolt's current record is I think it's over twelve years now, so he's getting close. So what is what is Usain Bolt's record? Nine point five nine, I think it is. Wow, yeah, We're still talking half a second, that's which a, I know in the hundred meter world that's a lot. Yeah, it is a still, lot. It just doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah. Well, Jim Hines ran 9.95 in Mexico City. Mexico City is at altitude. So a lot of the world records, it's funny, because a lot of the world records for sprinting are run at altitude. Why is that? None of the air's thinner? Yep. It's just less to cut? Less wind resistance. Hmm. Yeah. And then for the, uh, the, of course, with the distance runners, 
none of the world records are at altitude yeah it's harder to run right at altitude for distance runners so yeah when he first ran it it first showed 9.89 um and then they they later corrected it based on the the photos that they had um Here's what's interesting about Jim Hines, and you, we've seen this before in, in high school, right? Jim Hines was a baseball player, hmm. and the track coach was watching a baseball practice one day and saw Jim Hines out there playing baseball and was watching him run and thinking, dude can run. Mm-hmm. He needs to run track. And so he got him down there on the track, and of course the rest is history. <laughs> but then Jim Hines was an un- unbelievable athlete, obviously, because after his success on the track, he was – uh, drafted by the Miami Dolphins in the sixth round. Really? Unfortunately, they found out he couldn't catch a ball. <laughs> and uh, they they nicknamed him Oops. <laughs> so, so that tells you what kind of an NFL player he was. He had a very short NFL career. Um, but back then, you know, it was really hard to make a living on the track. Mm-hmm. You know, today we have a lot. Of, Usain Bolt doesn't doesn't want for anything. Sure. But uh, but he couldn't make a living on the track, so he worked with Inner City Youth in in Houston. After that, uh, worked on oil rigs, um, and isn't that crazy? Isn't it f- to to see a guy famous, a world record holder, yeah, working on oil rigs just seems seems strange, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, in in our day and time, anyway, because yeah. we would never have that today. I remember we had a guy when I was working at Queen Carpet down in South Georgia. We had a guy who had played NFL football for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you've told me about him before, I think. Yes. Yeah. It's, just, it's just different yeah. working with folks like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we've been saying for some time now that we want over 10,000 people to join us this January. Whether you're a walker or a runner, we've got a place for you. Problem is, you and I can't make that happen by ourselves. You know, we've been talking for some time now about the, the, the coach, the couch, the marathon challenge, challenge. And we need those people. But we've also come up with this pretty cool idea on a gift box. You know, we got the the holidays coming up. We got Christmas coming up. Thanksgiving, people start buying their gifts. You know, you're hearing about all the shortages this year that you need to start buying early. Well, we've got a really cool box. And if you're watching online, it's it's the box that you see right in front of you or it's up here on the screen. But it is the one-year membership gift box. It's the perfect gift so cool. for anybody, mm-hmm. walker or runner, or future walker or future runner either one we want these people to join us in january so as if 27 cents a day weren't already a great deal to join run club we've sweetened the pot now you know we've got a free hoodie so if you if you buy this box you get a gift card with a code on it it's a it's a nice little gift card there um you can kind of see the the envelope here if you're watching online but it comes with a, a card inside that gives you a code that you go on to runforgod.com, you put the code in, and you get the year for free. So you get that. You get the hoodie. You know, you put in the size Which of the person. Which is really comfortable. This is the actual hoodie. This is the color. You've got on a, a, a black one. But, yeah, we're, we're doing the, the blue hoodies next year. So you get one of those for free. You get the Run Club decal for free. And probably this time of year, the coolest thing is – is you got the decal to run club box. So you get this in the mail, you wrap it up, put a name on it, and you're done with your Christmas shopping. How cool is that? That is cool. So you yeah. get all this for the price of a one-year run club membership. So we think it's the greatest gift ever. You know, if you buy five of these, you get one free. I mean, it just keeps getting better and better. So go to runforgod.com. Go to the store. It should be on the heading of the store when you go in. Uh, we'll have it up there probably through December. But it's a great gift idea for, for that runner or that walker out there to to really just help us get this club up to 10,000 people by the time we start the Marathon Challenge this January. That's awesome. Well, as usual, we're sponsored by J Radio. So if you haven't checked out J Radio yet, it's time to go do that now. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. 
Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J Radio app in your app store. We are back, and you can send any questions you have. If you have questions and, and need some answers that are running related, then you can send those to dean at runforgod.com, um, and I can try to help you with whatever that issue is that you might be having. Um, just make sure you put some detail in there so we can try to, try to do the best we can to try to help you. Um, also, your story. We want to hear your story, mm-hmm. and uh, we can't tell your story if you don't share it with us and so we need you to share your story and you can do that at runforgod.com anytime it's really easy to do isn't it yeah it sure yeah. is yeah. and you know i need to say last week's episode we said that we may have an announcement by this week we we do have an announcement but we can't share it just yet so it's going to be next week before we talk about uh kind of some really cool things that's coming up with respects to your story and, yeah. and devotions and uh so i, I kind of alluded to that last week that we'd be sharing that this week but it's actually going to be next week so you're gonna have to hold on just a little bit longer yeah yeah it's exciting anticipation well how about an open honest story <laughs> this week it comes from jennifer mccarthy and it's entitled when god told me to run It had been over a year since I'd been in the hospital, and I needed to tell God the truth. After a grueling year of trying to heal from two intestinal surgeries, I was better to a fault. I felt so much better that I stopped caring about healthy eating and exercise altogether, but I knew that wasn't his best, and so I talked with him and asked for his help. God, my give-a-care is busted. I told him that I told him that on a walk to pick up my kids from school. I'm not sure what I expected, but a little while later, when we were back at home, a voice message was waiting for me. It was Team in Training, the endurance sports fundraiser organization for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and they wanted to let me know that their information meeting for that season would be held the next day. (laughs) Wow. Okay, God, I'll go. Well... It was terrifying and exhilarating. Me, a stay-at-home mom, trained for the San Diego Marathon and raised close to $3,000 in four months? I committed. I believed God had called me to the task and that He would be faithful. And, of course, He was faithful. One day I was gearing up to do hill work and God gave me the encouragement that I needed in Habakkuk 3.19. He enables me to tread on the heights before that workout. Another time when I was hoping to back out of a super early morning run, he gave me Psalm 139, 12. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as a light to you. He provided faithfully for the fundraising part of my task, which truly strengthened my faith. But all of that hardly compares to his neatest purpose in asking me to run. Very early in training, I received a note from a friend in a different state who was going through a seemingly impossible trial and was depressed and struggling to maintain hope. God has orchestrated this all along. Not only did my friend agree to run the marathon with me, but she also trained so well that she lost 50 pounds before the race. I could hardly believe her dedication. God had her best in mind and her healing when he asked me to run. What a compassionate God we serve. Wow. It's all connected, isn't it? Yeah. You know, what I think there, what kind of sticks out in my mind is it's funny. Well, I don't guess it's funny, but it's, it's often our downfalls are at the times when we think I got this, you know, it's, it's when we stop leaning on God and we think, okay, everything's good. I can kind of pull back the reins and take control and and that's that's always that's always when we get in trouble yeah for sure yeah yeah she's talking about these bible verses and it's where she's she's got this she's doubting her ability to follow through Mm -hmm. and then god throws these things at her it's a voice message first and it's bible verses and 
Um, those are the street lights you talk about all yeah. the time, aren't they? Yeah, it I sure mean, is. It's exactly what that is. Um, there's so much here. She, she realizes she needs to be taking better care of herself. God provides the program she needs. God provides the motivation when she needs it. And then God has others in mind to go right along with all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is incredible how God can take all of these things from all over the place, pull them all together into one place like this. Yeah. It's awesome. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're made by God for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, the general purpose is for us to do to do good things mm-hmm. for the people that are around us. And, of course, carry out the Great Commission is the main thing. But I think about this as most specifically – we all have our own thing to do. Mm-hmm. We all have a specific plan that God has for us. Um, and that's, that's where God is trying to, we all have this general, the general, the great commission is a general commandment, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody go out. But what the way we do it is, is individualistic, mm-hmm. right? So we all have to think about the way we fit into that great picture. Yeah. And I think, I think so many times, um, we complicate the process of ministry. Yeah. You know, it's Lane and I were talking about this very thing just last night when it comes to training. Um, Keep it simple. You know, whether it's in training or it's in ministry or it's in your job, you know, society out there, they want to, they want to complicate things. And when it comes to ministry, ministry is right where you are. It's Mm -hmm. not a degree. It's not a position. It's what you do every day right where you are. You know, some people think, well, I want to go into ministry. And yeah, that that is a, a thing, vocational ministry. But ministry, as Jesus is talking about it, is not that. That's right. It's, it's, it's sharing the love of Christ right where you are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're an assembly line worker, uh, an attorney, a doctor, um, or a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. You can share Jesus right where you are, and that's the heart of the Great Commission. It's not, it's he, Jesus is not calling us to go into vocational ministry. That that is a modern that is a modern definition of of ministry. That is a modern spin on ministry. Ministry, mm-hmm. as Jesus defined it, is right where you are, and we complicate that so many times. <laughs> like a lot of things, yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. You know, I hear a lot of people say that uh, they're 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 not sure that God has a, a specific plan for them. But sure you know, verses like this one and mm-hmm. others just they refute that idea. Um, he does have a plan for all of us. Habakkuk three nineteen: The Lord God is my strength; He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk on my high hills. Um, this is the last verse in Habakkuk, um, and he's saying that. You know, God's going to provide what we need to succeed. But, you know, we have to be doing what he wants us to do. We have to be following his plan in order for for God to, you know, a lot of times we've talked about on here a number of times. A lot of times we, we want what we want, and then we ask God to bless the plan we have. Sure. But unless we're in his plan, um, it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Right? But when we're in his plan... He's going to provide what we need. Right. You know, we've talked before about how um, God God will give us a plan and we'll be scared mm-hmm. about following through on whatever that plan is. And But he'll, he'll be there. He'll sure. be there to, to give us what we need to, to get through with whatever that thing is that he gave us to do, no matter how scary it is. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> being a, a hunter, I, I decided last night I'm going to dig into wh- why, does this, why does this verse say, uh, he will make my feet like a deer's feet. Yeah. So I did a little. I did a little digging last night, and uh, a deer's hoof is pretty remarkable. I've never, I've never dove into this or really learned about this, but I figured this is worth learning about. Um, a deer is one of the most sure-footed animals there are. You know, you hear about like mules, pack mules. They hike down the Grand Canyon and they're really sure-footed. Well, a deer is the same way. You know, a deer has three parts to its hoof. And this is this is just wild. The outer nail is a hard and sharp, 
it's kind of the big, the, the black hoof that you see, the typical hoof that you see. It's hard and it's sharp and it provides traction on softer, wet surfaces. And that's also its weapon. You know, if a deer, its weapon is not its horns, yeah. you know, for a buck. It's its, its feet. They mm, fight yeah. with their feet. They'll stand up on their hind legs and fight, and they're very sharp, their mm. hooves are. Um, they also have an inner nail that is soft and padded that allows traction on hard surfaces like pavement or concrete. You know, you see a deer run across the road, and they look pretty sure-footed, even on the concrete. Yeah. Well, it's because they have an inner hoof, or an inner nail that is soft and, and padded. And then the back of the hoof is known as the dew claw. Um, and this allows for a broader base. It gives their it gives them a broader base for like snow and mud. It gives it a much bigger surface that they can that they can walk on. Um, so a deer's foot basically consists of a weapon, snowshoes, running shoes, and track spikes, <laughs> all in one. And it's very versatile, and it that's what makes it so sure-footed. And I. I can't help but think that's that's what this verse is saying here. It's he will make our feet like deer's feet. I sure footed in the word. Yeah. I think it's what it's saying here. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was fascinating. A little education and trivia on a, on a deer's foot and why maybe why this is in here. Um, but I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Get into that last night. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Psalm 139.12 says, Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Hmm. Yeah, this is in that same psalm that says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made where uh, we, we've heard the quote, that quote a million times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're, we are made by by the one who he's not deterred by darkness. You know, we limit our activity when it gets dark outside. We limit what we do mm-hmm. because, well, it's dark outside. I can't yeah. see what's going on. Think about, and, and I've always been fascinated by cats who can go outside in the dark and can, can do their normal routine in the sure. dark because they can see in the dark. Think about how much more incredible God is. Mm-hmm. He can see just as good in the dark as mm-hmm. he can in the light. And it's, that's hard to, it's hard to fathom and hard to understand how that can possibly be. Um, but that's just how incredible God is that that he can do that. It's really cool. Um, so questions, do you believe that God can accomplish kingdom sized tasks through your running? Sure. He can. I think he does, right? He has. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, this is a really good question. That person that just finished that 5K, that they signed up for the 5K challenge. And, um, you know, the, obviously for a lot of those people, I mean, huge, huge revelations to those people. Yeah. Right? So we've seen it over and over again. Or it could be the person who trains for a marathon. We've got a lot of folks out there right now training for a marathon. And that marathon is going to be that kingdom size task yeah. that, that is... Uh, And how people use that is what what tells the whole story, right? Yeah. How, how you give God the credit for the training, for the race, for for whatever. We again, we read these stories over and over here, and that's what people are doing is they're using running as a way to glorify God. Yeah, you know, I can't help but think, what is God going to do? You know, he. I think I'm convinced he did. He prompted us to open the door to walkers starting next year officially you know walkers have always been welcome but Mm -hmm. that's two worlds walkers and runners yeah and it's going to be pretty neat to see those worlds collide in a good way um i'm just i'm pretty united unite that's better than collide right yeah 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 (laughs) collide may be the wrong word but unite because i mean that's that's another huge segment of the population is is walkers mm-hmm. and we've always talked primarily to runners even though walkers have always been welcome we're gonna we're gonna officially open the door and, and have resources just for them but who knows what he's gonna do here and mm-hmm. I, i'm kind of anxiously anticipating what's gonna happen and i, I can't wait 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, God can do big things through walkers. He can do big things through runners. He can do big things through a race. He can mm-hmm. do it through training. He can do it through, even through those who are just supporting a runner. We've got sure. folks that are just, uh, they don't walk or run, right. but they maybe they have a spouse who right. does. And, and God can do big things through them as well. Um, just just by being a, a good supporter on the sideline. We've seen, we've seen all of that, right? Uh, and in this very story, of course, God is accomplishing several things uh, at the same time. You know, he's getting Jennifer back into this healthy lifestyle. He's proven that God can do things for us when we need them. He's also pulling somebody else into that healthy lifestyle who lost 50 pounds along yeah. the way. Um, it's, it's all of these things. And it, if that's not God accomplishing kingdom-sized things, well then, I don't know what is. Only in God's stories can a person who got off the couch and lost 50 pounds be just kind of a side note. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she kind of skimmed right over that. And that's that's a whole nother devotion in and of itself right there. That's a whole nother God story by itself. Yeah. But, you know, only in God's stories can that, not, not that Jennifer was marginalizing that. She wasn't. But there's... You you can you can take off in so many different stories out of this one story. That's right. Yeah. Do you believe that God is wholly on your team and ready to encourage you when the going gets tough? Yes, but so many times this is where we let the evil one get a foot in. Um, he'll convince us that that's not the case, um, and we know that strength is formed in the valleys. And we know that we know sitting here talking about it, that that's part of the process. And God is there in those details the whole time. But many times when we're in that valley, we let that whisper sneak into our ear that says, he's not here. You're yeah. doing something wrong. You know, you're not worthy, whatever it is. Um, and we have to know, you know, we've talked about visualizing and things like that and knowing what you're going to do when things come up before they ever come up. Well, this is one of those things we got to know that. Mm-hmm. We got to know that we're gonna we're gonna walk in valleys. We know that God's right there beside us. We know that talking right now, but we've also got to be confident in that when we do get in the valley and things get quiet and we feel like God's a million miles away, He's not. Yeah, He's right there with us. But that testing, as Scripture says, produces so many things that make us a stronger Christ follower. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about how God encourages us. Um, even sometimes in our unbelief, mm-hmm. even even at times when we just we're, we're we almost feel like we're ready to throw in the towel, like it's just getting so hard, and we just we're, there's doubters. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. We probably all a lot of us have been there at times where we we have this, and God even does it then. Um, but of course, as believers, by and large, and most of the time, we should have this this belief just like the israelites did sure that that god's god's there and he's gonna he's gonna do big things well i say just like the israelites did we are just like them in that a lot of times we doubt and we whine and we complain because we want to go back into slavery instead of getting what god has for us uh and a lot of this depends on how close we are to god right uh if we're if we're close to him just like kind of along the lines of what you were saying um then we can uh, we can hear him better sure and hear that encouragement um, yeah, have you ever gotten a phone call and the person on the other end is like, hey, do you know who this is? <laughs> and you hear the voice and you're trying to figure it out. Or they don't say that and they just assume you do know who they are. And you're yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, or they put you on the spot. It's like, oh, you don't, you don't know who this is, do you? Yeah. And, and they're, they're holding you over this barrel, and you're like, oh, I know this. I, I know this voice. You can't figure out who it is. Well, that's kind of the way it is with God. Mm-hmm. Whenever we get far from him, we don't recognize his voice sure. as much. And, uh, hmm. you know, but the, the second my wife calls me, the first syllable, half a syllable that mm-hmm. comes out of her mouth, I know who it is. Sure. Not because it told me on my phone, but because I, I know her voice. And that's that's how we should be with God. As soon as we hear him talking, we should know it. Good word. Will you prayerfully offer your body to God as a living sacrifice, asking him to work through you as the and the world as you run? Excuse me. 
Will you prayerfully offer your body to God as a living sacrifice, asking him to work through you and the world as you run? It's a big question, right? Yeah. We yeah, all, this is one of those, this is kind of one of those dangerous prayers that you hear about. Yeah. You know, it's be prepared if you ask this. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like praying for asking for patience. Yeah. You know, God's not going to give you patience. He's going to give you the opportunity to be patient. And uh, offering up our body as a living sacrifice, you better be ready for that. Yeah. We should do it. Yes, absolutely. Um, but giving ourselves wholly to God and and saying, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, is a big statement. And we've got to be ready to step up when he does call. Yeah. I was thinking about how when I run, and, and if I'm running by somebody, I'm usually smiling. Mm-hmm. And I remember somebody stopping me, and it's happened a couple of times, where somebody stops me and says, you know, you're the guy that's smiling when he's running. <laughs> you don't know how to take that. <laughs> well, it's a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're saying it in a positive way. Yeah. And, and I'm taking it as a positive thing. But then when I'm not smiling, um, people notice that too, right? Mm-hmm. What's wrong? What's wrong with him? Why? Why is he not smiling? He's, He's usually smiling. What, what's wrong? And you know, sometimes we we get to that point where things get hard, and you get in that mood, you get in that that spot where um, things aren't going just right. And um, this is kind of this is kind of what you're talking about when you ask for that. It's great to be known as the smiling guy, mm-hmm. but there's a little bit of pressure that goes with that too. Sure, and a little bit of um, uh, uh, how, how do you put it? Um, well, it's pressure. It's it's this now. Now I've got to I've got to do that all the time. And the truth is, God God knows we're gonna not be perfect all the time. Right. Um, but but then now I've offered my body as a living sacrifice. Now I feel like, well, now I've got to do that. And so now it becomes even more important that I go back to to God and talk to him and say, I got I need strength. Yeah. <laughs> I need some strength, right? Um, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's kinda like, you know, you hear about if you're gonna put a Jesus fish in the back of your car, you're gonna have to pay attention to how you drive more. Yep. You're gonna to have to pay attention to your actions while you're driving. You yep. know, when that guy cuts you off, you have to change your thinking. Yeah. Because you've put yourself out there then at that point. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I've seen many Jesus fishes with people who ge- fishes fish Jesus fishes. Is that plural? Yeah. Fishes plural. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, I've I've seen that, and and you know, you see a guy just going irate on somebody and, and you know the the smart aleck in me wants to pull up and say hey you got a fish on the back of your car <laughs> but i don't but yeah i mean it is if we're going to put ourselves out there if we're going to make these statements to god into the world that you know we're a child of god then then by all means we've got to act like it we've got to live it we've got to and it's not always easy just like you said we got to go to god and ask for strength yeah. many times because we don't feel like you know, sometimes we feel like chewing the person out that cut us off, but we can't do that. Yeah, we just can't. If we've put ourselves out there, if we've professed to be a child of God, we've got to think, look, and act different. Yeah, yep. And that's hard to do sometimes. Very. It's very hard, but it is something that we do. I know sometimes I'll uh, somebody will. Maybe it's not traffic. Maybe it's something else. And my initial reaction is, I, I want to get angry about it. Mm-hmm. And I look down on my shirt, <laughs> and I see "Run for God." I'm like, oh, I gotta behave myself. Yeah. <laughs> while you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean. Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back and... 
I don't know. Have you seen this new policy for deciding next year's world championship for the marathon? No, I read your notes and I didn't understand it. Well, here's what happened. They decided, like just recently, that they would use these these particular races to decide who was going to be eligible. Well, half the races were already done. And so, in other words, like Galen Rupp, he, he finished in the, top, in the top 10 in the Olympic marathon, and he was the first American. Well, he automatically gets to go to the World Championships. Well, he didn't know that when he, when he ran, which is fine. That one's not a big one that's in dispute, but there are a few people who thought in the past that they would use times that they've run over the past year or so. And there was like, uh, uh, the one I'm thinking about is Marty Hay here, who ran the marathon project and ran a 209-something marathon one of the fastest marathons second fastest marathoner in the united states that doesn't matter he has to run a mar- one of these other marathons and place high enough in one of these other marathons that they've named in order for him to be considered for the world championship team team well he hasn't been training for those marathons and they're about to be they're about to pass him by and so he may lose his opportunity to compete in the world championships in the marathon because he thought the criteria was going to be the old criteria that said that time that he ran this past year would be good to get him in, and it's not. So how is there not more communication? Because that's, a, I mean, that's a small world. That's what everybody's saying. Of people. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about Lane's races for next year. You know, Lane's, Lane's wanting to try to do some, some things in the triathlon world. And as coach, I'm already looking at what races he needs to be at, you know, what qualifying criteria is out there. I, I don't I don't understand I guess I'm putting a little bit of the blame on the runner. How how did how do you not double check that what you're about a, a marathon? How do you not double check that this is in fact I would be calling somebody and saying, Hey, I'm about to run whatever marathon. The decision wasn't made. The decision about what the, the, the criteria wasn't made until recently, until the last couple of weeks. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, so are these athletes upset about it? Yes. Yeah, they're fuming. But the decision wasn't made, right? I mean, there had been it, no decision made. In so, the past. So they were just saying, I'm assuming yes. that it was going to be like the past. Right. See, to me, at that level... Some of that's on the runner to assume well, that because things change. Yeah, yes and no. Um, I see what you're saying. But here's the biggest problem I have with it is the, the time to make those decisions on what they could do mm-hmm. and how they were going to qualify. The time was gone. It was too late for them to change the direction they were on to adhere to the criteria. Mm. So... I guess what, what I hear you what I hear you saying is well they should be ready at all times to run a marathon anytime. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of what they would have to be in this case um, because they didn't know. Yeah. I mean, if somebody would have just said, "Hey, you know, just heads up, the criteria is not going to be the same as it has been in the I past." Yeah. Then you know, the, like there's some blame every all around. It does. Yeah. It does for sure. But it's just crazy. <clears throat> it's just uh, yeah. I mean, it feel it does feel like the federations or whatever it is was kind of yanking these guys around yeah and um, something as important as a world championship yeah you, you would think would be yeah know. i mean like in the triathlon world the world championship you know we've we've gone into years where we're in february or march before we know what the qualifying races are mm-hmm. and but to your point we knew before a, we knew before a race was about to happen whether it was going to be a qualifying event or not. Right. It may not have been set yet, and so the race that we're about to do, we know going into that race, this isn't going to be a qualifier. It may be the next one, but, but I, don't, in, I don't understand how it takes that long anyway. How do they not have they, all this figured out the year before, the calendar yeah. year before? Yeah, this well, is this is next year. That's the question. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big But they question. never do. I mean, in the triathlon world, they don't. Yeah. You know? They canceled the world championships in the triathlon world and then just all of a sudden rescheduled them. <laughs> now, that really threw some people yeah, for a loop because they were like, okay, the season's over. Oh, nope, no, season's not. not over. 
you know, they, yeah. it was supposed to be in Bermuda. They canceled it, said there were no world championships. And then like a month later, they said, oh, we're going to do it in Portugal. Everybody get ready. <laughs> and they're all there right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And we don't know all the all the details about what goes into and behind those decisions and all that. But um, it is, it's got to be frustrating to be in that world. Sure. For sure. All right. It is time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, we always say that you must look back. Mitchell's famous for saying that. But that needs to be limited, right? Mm -hmm. Here is a story called Why Look Back. A poker player doesn't win thinking about a previous hand. A golfer doesn't shoot her lowest score reliving the bad shot on number three. And a runner doesn't run her fastest 5K or reach the finish line of a marathon by thinking about a failed workout. Living, or in this case running, in the moment is so important to success. Sometimes it's good to have a short memory. I work with the production of sound and video for my church every Sunday. It's strange how things seem to change from week to week. You would think that everything would work properly if it were just left alone from the previous week, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Each week there are little tweaks and sometimes big adjustments that must be made for everything to come together and work well. Occasionally, something will go wrong during the service. Maybe we'll be displaying the wrong lyrics, for example. In the past, I would try to fix it while the service continues. Then I would miss something else, and it would lead to more mistakes. I learned that I needed to focus on what was happening and let go of any problems. I needed to stay in the moment and not focus on what just went wrong. The aforementioned poker player and golfer have to do the same thing. If the golfer is worrying about his last shot, his next shot is likely to go awry too. It's the same way with running. We can't focus on what went wrong yesterday while we're trying to run today. It's a distraction that takes our mind off the task at hand. I'm not saying we should never look back though. Looking back is super important. It's vital to know what led to the wrong lyrics being displayed on the screen. After all, we want to know what we can do to make sure it doesn't happen again. When we have a bad race or a bad workout, we should go back and analyze what we did. We just can't get hung up on it and obsess over it. Have you ever seen an elite marathon or miss his water bottle at the aid station while running by? He approaches the aid station, reaches for his water bottle, and either drops it or never gets a grip on it. He doesn't stop and go back. He missed the opportunity and will go on without it. It's not ideal, but it's also not worth going back for. That's how we should look at a bad race. We had the opportunity to run or to grab the water bottle, but we ran poorly or we missed the water bottle. Instead of worrying about it, we just looked for the next aid station along the way. Luke 9.62 says, Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for, this, for the kingdom of God. As Christians, we should always be looking forward and doing what we can to advance the kingdom of God. Just like a runner approaching the finish line should not look back, neither should we. We should only be worried about what is in front of us. We should learn from the mistakes we make, but we should be focused on doing what God has planned for our lives. It's okay to learn from your mistakes, but don't dwell on them. Keep your eyes forward and keep making progress. If you will pursue your goals, whether running, personal, or spiritual, with a relentless forward progress you'll soon find yourself right where you intended to be that's a good story dean for the record that's not what i always say there's a second part to what i always say yeah i say you must look back to see how far you've come yeah, yeah. i usually use that in the context of yeah. people say well i'm just not getting any faster yeah sure you sure you are all right i, I just can't get this whole running thing you're running 20 minutes now, and you know eight weeks ago you were running for 60 seconds. That's when I think it's so important that we look back is to see how far we've come. Get some encouragement from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not to look back and beat yeah. up on ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we can we can we can do too much. Um, and I mentioned here a little a few minutes ago the Israelites, they 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 were like longing to go sure. back into slavery. Yeah, I mean imagine that, right? And that's what we do when we have that bad workout or we have yeah. that bad race. 
and we just dwell on it and we let it infect our brain is it's like it's like wanting to go back to that moment why do you want to go back to that moment yeah Let's yeah you hear sermons moment. about you know the windshield of a car and the rearview mirror the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield and it's that, well, that way for a reason yeah we only need to look back at certain times we need to keep our eyes focused on the windshield yeah yeah so why why do we do that why do we why are we always wanting to look at look to what what happened in the past and not look forward well i would say it's it's because of uncertainty right our future is not certain in certain ways um and sometimes the things that are certain we have a hard time grasping Mm -hmm. so why are we so scared of uncertainty because that's really what it comes down to isn't it yeah, I, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. My wheels are spinning with you saying that. I, I don't know. I think for everybody, it's different as to why they look back. I don't. I don't think I struggle with this as many as much as some. But I look quite a bit. I look back quite a bit to validate what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's that's usually the context in which I'm looking back. I mean, Lane, when I Lane and I were talking last night. I just mentioned we were having a conversation and we we were looking back at the past year to say we're going to do that we're going to do something this year because we don't want to do what we did last year. Yeah. And we were we were looking back to to make this year better. And I I think those are important. I think that is important to yeah. not only look back to encourage you for where you're at, but also look back because there's lessons. Yeah. There's lessons from our past that we need to learn from, but we don't need to and many times those are failures, but we don't we don't need to dwell on the failures. We need to adjust for the future. Yeah. And not stay back there. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question about that. That's what that's kind of what I was saying in the story is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I think in, everybody's different though it's in, in thinking about the past. Well, and the people that I'm thinking about are those worriers. Yeah. Right? Those people who are so worried about that next thing going okay. And, uh, it, you know, worry is, uh, I mean, it, it, it absolutely consumes some people. You're not that guy. I'm not mm-hmm. that guy. But there, we, we see it all the time. But then there's a different kind of looking back where you got some people that just live in the past. You know, yeah. the, that's true. The high school football player that's now 50 years old. Yeah. And to hear them talk, they just got done with a football game last Friday night. You know, <laughs> So there's that. I mean, yeah, there's all kind of good and bad from looking back. But to your point, the rearview mirror is smaller yeah. than the windshield for a reason. Yeah. Uh, we, we need to learn lessons. We need to be encouraged. We, we need to do all the good things from looking back and do away with all the bad things that come from a result of looking back. And I think the bottom line is be, we, if we're in Christ where we need to be, mm-hmm. the best is yet to come. Sure. And that's the way we should look at it. Absolutely. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so we're back. And uh, we're going to just say again, we need you. We're the, the coach, the Couch to Marathon Challenge challenge is still out there. It's We're still challenging you. We're still challenging you. Um, but we also want you to go pick up one of these gift boxes. If, um, if you know somebody that you want to encourage them to get active this January and join us for the Couch to Marathon Challenge, then by all means, pick up one of these gift boxes. It's the perfect gift. It's it's supply chain proof. Um, it's just the right price point. It's got a really cool box, and you got a year 
of, you know, the value of this thing is I think $137. We're selling it for less than $100. But the value of Run Club is worth more than that, much more than that. So go out there, go to runforgod.com, pick up one of these boxes, and give it to somebody you love this, this Christmas. For sure. We got cross-country meets all over the place. Yeah. I was just talking with somebody while we were running yesterday with a group from the high school, and they were talking about watching – they were like, they didn't realize Arkansas is so good watching a cross-country meet online. It's like, yeah, they're uh, they're crazy good. Yeah, they're – you know, they had a coach. I think he just recently recently retired. I don't remember what the numbers are, but like in – he coached there for like 30-something years, and they won like 50-something titles in that many years between the men's and women's and cross-country mm-hmm. and track. And, I mean, just they're unbelievable. And uh, we got a lot of that going on. I know yeah. uh, Lane runs in the Southern Conference, yeah. which Furman absolutely just dominates. Yeah, they do. I, I think the guys were top seven, and the girls were the first nine. Wow, that came through. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. Yeah, can you imagine? They got girls on their team that don't even count in their top seven, <laughs> that are better than everybody on other teams. Yeah, on every other team in their yeah. conference. That's that's pretty impressive, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, and Lane got to compete in his first conference meet. Yeah. And um, I know that he's still working his way back. Yeah. And so it wasn't as good as he wanted it to be. Yeah. But it will be. Yeah. He's he's getting there. Yeah. He's uh he's doing all the right things, doing all the things that we always say. Yep. Um, it, it's a matter of time. Yeah. Well, he's gonna get to run in the regionals here soon too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, two week, two weeks. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. You know, it's different. You know, I, I'm in the NAIA. There are no regionals in NAIA. So in NAIA, it's basically they decide who goes to nationals based on what you do. Uh, there's a certain number of automatic berths that you get for winning your conference or, or how you finish in your conference. And then um, there are some at-large berths for those who are in those really tough conferences where they might have two or three really good teams. And um, – that's just that's the way it works. I'm not clear on why you need regionals. Well, that's what I was just about to say. I, I still don't understand regionals yeah. as it pertains to college cross country. It N- seems like conference. It seems like you would have conference and then some kind of nationals. Yeah. yeah. But evidently that's not the case. I'm still learning my way around the whole yeah. college cross country scene. Well, for anybody out there listening, there in the NCAA, there are ten regionals, mm-hmm. so they're they're relatively small regions too. Um, and then, um, you know, they 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 compete against each other in these regionals, and then that helps determine who how goes many to conferences nationals. are there. Um, I don't know how many conferences there are. Um, obviously, there's more than ten, hmm. but the the regionals are um, the, yeah they're they're interesting, and maybe it's because. Some of these teams may not compete against the best teams in the country during during the season, and so this gives them an opportunity to compete against the best folks in their region. Um, I don't know. I, I would think you'd want to schedule it that way, though. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. Regionals is a is a mystery to me. Sure, but it's a it is an extra cross country race to get excited about. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's all good. And we got the high school kids. You got Landon's about to run in his first state meet. Yeah, uh, so. that's uh, that that one still kind of surprised me. Yeah, Landon running cross country this year. He's done well. He's yeah. done great at it. Yes. So yes. Uh, so yeah, him and uh, we've got a turkey trot coming up that we usually do when we're we always go to my in laws' house. Uh, they live down on the beach and they have a turkey trot this year. And so I think the plan is that. You know, Landon Landon's doing great, but he hasn't quite got the pacing down. He hasn't got he hasn't quite figured out the right way to run a five K. You know, you start getting below twenty, there's there's right and wrong ways to run a five K. And um so I think Lane's gonna pace him in this turkey trot. And this could turn out really good or real or we could have a brotherly fight <laughs> at the finish line. So <laughs> That is yet to be determined how that's going to turn out. But I'll, I'll update everybody after that and let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know Lane's pretty good at it. I remember when he was pacing me in a 5K, and I remember he knew— But we, you're not Lane's younger brother. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but I, I do remember he, he kind of defers a little bit to the person he's trying to 
to pace because I remember we were running too fast and he recognized it. Mm-hmm. And so he slowed down. Well, I didn't slow down and I kept going. And so he kind of looked over at me and got the confirmation that I was okay right. to, to keep going at that pace. And, um, we didn't even say anything, but you could just tell by our looks. Body language, he, yeah. he was checking me out, and I was I was telling him everything's good, and we just kept going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he does a good job of that. Well, and, and in here in just a little bit, I'm going to leave, and our ladies are going to go do their conference meet. Mm-hmm. Now, where's that at? So, it's in Oakville, Alabama. Okay. And, uh, I mean, Oakville, Alabama is, let me just say this. If anybody tells you they were just passing through and they just dropped by, <laughs> They are lying to you. Lions region meet coming up is in Alabama. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Huntsville, though. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 His is in Huntsville. Yeah. Oakville is in the middle of nowhere. Really? Yeah. This place in Huntsville is in a pretty populated area. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is it a pretty we, fast course? We were there. Aren't, they're doing it at the Huntsville course on the golf course, the one that uh, they ran the, aren't they? I thought that's what uh, he said. I don't know. I thought that's what he said. Uh, I may be wrong. Okay. But, uh, yeah. It's yeah, a, maybe it is. That's uh, a pretty fast course. Yeah, it is. All those sure. golf courses, I guess, are pretty fast. Yeah, the footing is just so good. It's like running on a track. Now, it's hilly, yeah. but, it, but you know, it's still, it's like running on a track. So, yeah. it's, it's nice, for sure. Yep. So, we got that coming up. Um, all right. How about a trivia question for this week? I like this one. You like I, this I one? I know this one. You know <laughs> Here's our trivia question for this week. What is aqua jogging and why is it important for a runner to know about it so if you got the answer to that and you know the answer you can send that to dean at runforgod.com not customer service not facebook messenger but dean at runforgod.com <laughs> yeah so what is aqua jogging and why in the world would i even want to know what aqua jogging is uh, maybe some research there if you don't know will help you all right, every week we share a reason why running is so awesome, and this is this is this week's reason. Races every weekend. You know, I remember a time when we didn't have that. I remember a time when races were rare, and you had to travel a good ways to go to any race because um, they, they just you didn't have that many of them. And now you just pick a weekend that you want to race, and you you can find a race that weekend. You know, when you said that, it, it brought me – it brought a one of your friends, one of your f- former coaches, to my mind. You weren't at the last cross country meet at Heritage. I think you were going with the girls, but I talked to your old coach Richard Westbrook, and he just loves going to races. Yeah, he lives ninety miles, I guess, yeah. from Heritage, yeah. and he just drove up to watch the race. I said, Richard, how many races do you go to through the year? He said, this time of year, I'll go to at least one a week these are this is a high school cross country meet that Where, he just he doesn't know anybody there he doesn't know anybody i was probably yeah. the only person there that he knew yeah. and but he just he has a love and a passion for this sport that i mean it's pretty admirable yeah um that he's dedicated his life and he's still go. i mean he's retired now and but he still loves the sport and he just he'll find a good cross country meet and go watch it i mean the but what really boggles my mind is he probably passed 15 cross-country meets to come to that one. Yeah. I, I I haven't figured out his reasoning behind picking the different meets. Maybe I'll ask him that next time I see him. Well, and he may have assumed I was going to be there, too. And you maybe know, that's I know he it like, was. He likes to go support his uh, – you know, it, it was cool when we went, we, we ran at Berry College here recently. Mm-hmm. And Georgia Tech had some runners there, too. And so, um, and then the guy who puts actually puts the race on was a guy that ran for Westbrook, and then the uh, the, the guy at Barry, and then uh, the guy from that coaches at Georgia Tech was one of his athletes, and then me. And so he we came and we were all together. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty nostalgic. Yeah. Um, so he's had a big a big imprint all over the country. He's got guys coaching in the Midwest as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty cool. So, yeah, he's passed that love of running on to a lot of people. Yeah. Our motivational thought of the week. A year from now, you may wish you had started today. You know, I, I was talking to a lady yesterday, and she's, she's needing some fairly minor surgery. and uh, But she's wanting, to, she's wanting to walk the couch to marathon next year. And she's struggling with, 
and it because it's 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 a procedure that will kind of help her something's bothering her right now one of her legs and she's thinking about not doing the surgery now because she wants to to be able to do the couch to marathon and i said the last thing you want to do is wake up a year from now and say ah, i wish i would have done that a year ago so it goes it's funny i just basically said the same exact thing isn't that awesome just yesterday <laughs> but it's so true so many things yeah. we put off and we put off and we put off and we find ourselves looking back and saying i wish i'd have done that a year ago yep so do it today happens all the time all right everybody you're doing great keep up the great work keep up your training keep supporting one another you're doing fantastic in all of that and may god bless every step of every run Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.